0: Hi, this is Taylor Stuber and this is Sean Smithgall. We are both clinical pharmacists, faculty members, and your hosts for The Postgraduate Pharmacist. Welcome back, Sasso Squad, and any new listeners, to another episode of The Postgraduate Pharmacist, where we're all about helping you separate and stand out as you prepare for postgraduate training.
1: From current events to expert advice, we bring you up to date content every
0: other Monday related to postgraduate training. Join the Sasso squad today and follow us on Twitter at PG Pharmacist or Instagram and LinkedIn at the Postgraduate Pharmacist.
1: And check out our website at postgraduatepharmacist.com
0: where you can get all of our latest content. If you love the show and want to support what we're doing, check out ways to spread the word on our website or buy us a cup of coffee. We could always use the caffeine. Welcome back Sasso
1: Squad. We hope everyone is enjoying their summers. I think by now most of our P4 student listeners are well into their rotations and hopefully learning a ton, but we hope you're still taking time to enjoy the nice weather, or in our case,
0: the very humid and hot weather. Well, I know I'm enjoying some nice weather, Taylor, because unlike humid Mobile, Alabama, I am in uh, San Diego, California, right now because my wife's up here in the hospital um, for good reasons. Uh, hopefully, we'll come back to Mobile soon. But the weather out here is about sixty-five to seventy, with about a sixty percent humidity. So you know, the cal yesterday was seventy-two, and a, this old guy was walking past me, and he was like, "Man, it's hot today." <laughs> and I was like, "I don't think you, I don't think you've seen heat, my friend." But um. Yeah, it's it's pretty nice out here. They say it's like this year round. So I know maybe we should move to California.
1: Yeah, it's definitely much different here currently. It's predicted to be in the nineties all week, and just I can just feel the sweat pouring down. Uh, just thinking about it.
0: And I don't know. Did you know that your um your trash pandas were on the uh, on ESPN the other day?
1: Yeah, they had the top four or the number four top ten play. So.
0: Yeah, so yeah, Huntsville's in the spotlight. <laughs> for
1: sure. Well, we wish uh, your wife a speedy recovery and hopefully you get back to the humidity soon.
0: So while everyone's been enjoying the summer and our SASA squad, y'all have been enjoying the summer, we've been putting together another episode series for you all.
1: Yes, we have. And if you haven't had the chance to listen to our last series on community pharmacy residencies, make sure to go back and check out episodes 32 through 35 to learn more. But Sean, tell us about this new series that we're working on.
0: Oh, gladly, Taylor. So we'll be releasing episodes every other week for the next four or five episodes that will be all about pharmacy fellowships how they differ from residencies, how to find them, and aspects of different types of fellowships.
1: Yes, we are very excited to talk to you all about this important topic because we hear a lot of students saying that they don't know much about fellowships. And quite frankly, we're not fully equipped to talk to them about it. So we're excited to just give you some basic information, but then invite some guests on to talk about more with fellowships.
0: Well, Taylor, buckle in because it's going to be one heck of a ride, so let's jump in.
1: All right, let's do it.
0: So, Taylor, I think it'd be best if we just provide our listeners with what the difference between a residency and a fellowship is. Do you mind taking lead on that and explaining kind of the differences there?
1: Sure, I can do that. So, I think we should just start with some basic definitions of a residency and a fellowship and how... ASHP defines them so they define a residency as a organized directed postgraduate training program in a defined area of pharmacy practice whereas a fellowship is a directed highly individualized postgraduate program designed to prepare the participant to become an independent researcher. So everyone is probably more familiar with residencies, but fellowships, I think of them existing primarily to develop competency in the scientific research process. Um, This can include things like conceptualizing a project, planning and conducting the research, and then how to disseminate that research. So the fellow works under direct supervision and instruction of a researcher and receives training and experience on how to utilize their research interests and develops a basic understanding of the processes involved in the research process so they can become an independent researcher.
0: So this differs from a residency in that, yeah, there's, you know, we've talked about this on several episodes. There is a scholarship piece, there is a research project of some sorts with a residency But that's really just there to give you the basic skills so that when you're a clinician, you can show what you're doing and the impact that you're making. It's not there to be the main focus of your career because that residency is going to be way more clinically focused about practice management, giving you all the skills and knowledge and ability uh, to conceptualize new and improved pharmacy services. With a residency, if you look in the guidelines, that ASHP has for these residencies is very, very strict in some places in terms of the clinical care. So there's a lot of consistency between one program and the next in in terms of the type of the clinical mastery that you'll get from a residency program.
1: Yeah. And I think the main thing is that they are similar in that you're going to get some degree of research or clinical experience in both pro types of postgraduate training, but it's obviously going to differ on how much of that.
0: So we talked about the general differences. So are there any differences in terms of time commitment with residencies versus fellowships?
1: Sure. I'll talk about that. So residencies are typically a 12 month focused training program. There's a few exceptions out there might be longer, But uh, fellowships can be 12 months, but often exceed that time period and are often even two, maybe three years in length. In terms of commitment to different experiences, I think that depends on the type of fellowship. They are generally more research focused. So around 60, maybe 80% of your time is going to be spent dedicated to research activities While the other 20, 30, 40% may be involved in clinical experience. And then depending on the type of fellowship we'll discuss later, some of that might be teaching experience as well. On the flip side, residencies are much more heavily focused on clinical and patient care experiences. So you see a number that's often referenced or cited maybe around 80% of your time spent doing those activities.
0: And if you've ever done a research project, which I know you and I are pretty familiar with the time commitment and process, but you know a lot of our listeners probably aren't, the time commitment is just so long. 12 months seems like a long time, but it is definitely not long enough to put a quality project into place uh, and see it all the way through. And so that's why some of these are more than 12 months long even two to three years because you need that time in order to implement that high quality research project
1: i think of residency as more of just kind of introducing the idea or concept of research um, versus a fellowship where you're really working towards that expertise or mastery of research
0: so do you need to or can you complete a residency before you do a fellowship? So the answer in short is it depends.
1: And this will often depend on the type of fellowship you would be completing. We're not gonna get deep into the different types of fellowships this week, but on future episodes we will. But academic focused fellowships may require PGY-1, maybe even PGY-2 training in some instances whereas industry fellowships are generally offered once one completes pharmacy school training. And there's probably some in between that. There aren't set standards, so it's really kind of just up to the program and what the prerequisites they believe should be required of the fellow. But having that initial patient care and some of that experience that you get in a residency program I think can definitely help when completing a fellowship So that's something to consider as well. So it's absolutely possible. You can complete a residency program before fellowship. And in some instances it will be a requirement or a prerequisite.
0: Yeah. And huge shout out to episode 35. We did with Megan Smith on future career opportunities after community pharmacy based residency. You know, there's a, there's a prime example of somebody who who's done this and, and, real good rationale in that episode on what led to that decision and why. So if you're curious about that, you know, go back and listen to episode 35 and here's, hear someone's point of view on that subject.
1: All right, Sean. Well, I know we've got a few more questions. We want to tackle this episode, but before we do that, I have a very special trivia question to ask you. Are you ready? I am more than ready. All right, so I am sure, I'm almost positive that you watched the Tennessee Volunteers kind of, I guess, not choke away the game, but (laughs) maybe take some missteps in terms of what their goals were to make it back to the College World Series in Omaha. So they were the number one overall seed, in case you didn't remember you're oh, trying to block that. I'm trying if you're trying to block that out <laughs> but so they didn't advance um and actually last year if you remember the there the number 1 overall seed didn't advance to the college world series as well and also lost the series 2 to 1 in the super regionals so my question for you is which team was the number 1 overall seed last year that didn't make it to Omaha for the College World Series for baseball.
0: Was it UNC? That would be my guess. No, it is not UNC. (laughs) So UNC
1: actually lost in kind of the initial regionals, but um, last year, the Arkansas Razorbacks were the number one overall seed Uh, that were uh, defeated by NC State, so they got some redemption this year uh, in making it back. So So, Tennessee's not the only one that, you know, as the number one overall seed in recent years that has not made it to Omaha. So,
0: well, they were, is that where that, because they were talking about this, they were saying the number one seed curse. So, is that what they're referring to?
1: I'm sure. Yes. (laughs) So, you can take some solace in that. Arkansas did it last year. But,
0: yeah. Well, if you watched Auburn last night, hopefully they do better today. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) <laughs> all right, all right. So back to the questions. You mentioned types of fellowships. Now, without spoiling the series or any of our future episodes, do you mind providing a quick overview of just the different types of fellowships?
1: Absolutely, you betcha. Um, so I don't don't want to make to spoil any surprises for the future, and we'll definitely take a lot more in-depth look at some of these different types of fellowships. But in general, I'd I'd say there's probably two broad categories of fellowships, Um, more of a traditional or academic fellowship that kind of focuses on research in a specific area like infectious diseases, cardiology, health outcomes, things like that, Um, but also tied into like a teaching component. A lot of times these are with a – large university, um, or a pharmacy school. Um, and then there's kind of another broad category. That's an industry fellowship. This is typically an opportunity with a pharmaceutical drug company, for example, that gives the fellow an experience in different departments within the pharmaceutical industry. So things like drug information, pharmacoeconomics,
0: outcomes, research, and many more things. I'm really excited about to hear from our guests when we get them about all these different nuances with industry fellowships. I don't think I've never heard anybody else do any sort of deep dive into that. And I think that's a really unique area of pharmacy practice uh, that I I know a lot of our SASO squad would appreciate. It might even send that light bulb off in their head about this is what I want to do. So I'm excited to be able to dive into that
1: yeah, and it's definitely not something that we discuss a lot in pharmacy school. we I know we focus a lot on residencies, and probably the fellowships we do know about are probably more those traditional fellowships. so i'm I'm definitely excited to
0: talk about industry fellowships. So what do you think someone who is considering doing a fellowship should do right now? Besides listening to our podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so listening to this episode is step one. But I think kind of going along those lines, it's basically just do your research and do your homework. I think the area of fellowships is probably a little bit more tricky to navigate because there's not not necessarily a single accrediting body, just like residencies. Um, Also, maybe a little bit more difficult to find what fellowships are out there what their prerequisites are, what their application process is like. Um, So I'd I'd be kind of doing that first and we'll we'll cover that a little bit more in the next few episodes on how to do that. But I'd also suggest if you haven't already to at least get a fruitful experience in the research process as a pharmacy student. So not even if you can get some data collection and start with that, uh, I think that's a good starting point. But the more that you can be involved in the research process from start to finish. Now, maybe it's not to finish or not at at the exact starting moment, but the more that you can learn about those processes, I think the better. So I would try to seek those opportunities if you can. Also, if you are interested in more of the traditional route of fellowships, try to get some teaching experience if you can, if you can, um, whether that be... Tutoring, um, maybe you're helping, facilitating a lab section, things like that. Anything that you can get that just um, shows that you've sought out that type of experience.
0: Yeah, and I know as pharmacists, we're, we're in, inherently problem solvers. But if you find yourself wanting to know why the problem existed, like you like solving problems, you like the challenge, but you just you you have that desire to know why? Why did it exist? Why is it happening? in a real simplistic way, you know, fellowships might be the the type of training that you're looking for because it's a lot of that. Well, why is this happening? Why is this occurring?
1: So thank you for listening in on this first episode in this series on fellowships. We look forward to taking this journey with the rest of you. If you want to continue to hear up-to-date topics from us and our guests, please like, and subscribe.
0: You can listen to us for free on your favorite podcast app and check out our show notes below to see links and highlights of the episode. And remember, you can separate and stand out.